Hello and welcome to the Save the Water podcast. Save the Water is a U.S.-based nonprofit. Our mission is to conduct water research to raise public awareness about water contamination and its human and environmental health impacts. In this podcast, we interview professionals in the water industry to learn more about water quality issues and some of the solutions they use to combat water contamination. So, without further ado, my name is Kylie, and let's dive in. In this month's episode, I talk with Manny Rianda, an eco-activist, educator, and founder of the organization Philabag. Hey, Manny, thank you so much for meeting with me today. It is such a pleasure to have you on the Save the Water podcast. Great, thank you. It's great to be here. So for starters, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So um, my name is Manny Rianda. I'm a father of three. Uh, I'm a resident of Key Biscayne, Florida. It's a little barrier island just outside of Miami. And um, I guess, uh, you know, I do a lot uh, professionally. And then I also have uh, my NIPA. Do you know what NIPA is, Kylie? I do not. Yeah, NIPA is non-income producing activity. So there's, there's a lot of that in my life. Uh, I would say fortunately, because, you know, that's always driven by passion and passion projects. But professionally, uh, I've, I've been lucky to spend my entire career in the education sector. Uh, initially, I was a caseworker coming out of college, working with inner city kids who were kind of, you know, between the streets and mainstream. So kind of a way station at a school called Compass, Community Providers of Adolescent Services. And then from there, I decided to, uh, to move into the classroom. So I, I went back to school. I earned my teaching degree. And I was a teacher for about eight years. And so following that, I moved over into the education technology sector, uh, just about the time that you know, e-learning was kind of starting to happen. And uh, that's what I currently do. I, I work for a company out of Portland, Oregon, that provides tools and resources for uh, students to improve their digital literacy skills. Manny has dedicated much of his life to educating and inspiring others, which becomes even more apparent as we continue on through this conversation. He mentions that professionally he's an educator, but he also lightly brushes over his involvement in non-income producing activities, or NIPA. Apart from being passionate about education, Manny and his family are also advocates for the environment. So much so that he has started an organization called Philabag, which is dedicated to cleaning up trash in the ocean and on beaches, while inspiring others to think about their own eco-minded awareness and action. In the past episodes of this podcast, I have talked about different types of contaminants and water pollution. We have discussed industrial chemicals, agricultural waste, groundwater contamination, but I've yet to talk about one of the largest sources of pollution, trash. So Manny, you are doing a lot for water conservation and really advocating for the removal of pollution and trash in the ocean with Philabag, which we're going to get into, but I think we really need to talk first about where this pollution is coming from. So what is the major source? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, people ask me that all the time. Where is it coming from? 
And, uh, you know, believe it or not, much of it is dumped directly into the seas. But people are often more surprised to hear that an estimated 80% of marine litter makes its way there gradually from land-based sources, including those far inland. So through littering, poor waste management practices, uh, you know, storm drain discharge, extreme natural events such as tsunamis and hurricanes, uh, most ocean pollution begins on land. So there is illicit dumping of trash right into the ocean. Most of the trash actually making its way into the ocean from land-based sources, such as littering and poorly managed waste. And you also mentioned trash being carried out from storm drain discharge. Can you elaborate a bit more on the stormwater network and how that might carry trash into waterways and ultimately into the ocean? Yeah, I mean, sure. Just sort of in very simple terms, um, there's, there's litter on the streets. In any urban setting, you're going to find litter on the streets, driving on the highway, through the town, in the city, uh, in the suburbs. And when it rains, that water, the water from rainfall, uh, often picks up and moves trash. And that water leads right to a storm drain, which is really built to uh, avoid flooding and you know, mitigate the risk of flooding, but unfortunately fouled up in all that water that's moving out through the storm drains is trash. And so that water in maybe underdeveloped countries may lead to, you know, streams or rivers and all rivers lead to oceans. And, uh, or in the case of like Miami, for example, which is not an underdeveloped country, uh, you know, those storm drains lead right out into the ocean. I know that since people really started to understand the impacts of mismanaged waste and littering, different categories and types of waste found in the ocean have been identified. Do you know some of the most prevalent categories of waste in the ocean? Certainly. Uh, plastic is, uh, is a main culprit when we do cleanups in all shapes and sizes, whether it's you know hard plastics or styrofoams. Uh, that are made of plastic or even cigarette butts that are, are, are also made of some form of plastic, I believe. I'm not surprised to hear that plastic is a main culprit. We hear a lot about single-use plastic, I think mainly because it is one of the most produced and polluted. It is also one of the categories of waste that takes the longest to break down. So within the plastics category... What is the definition and difference between microplastics and general plastic pollution? Sure. Well, yeah, it's a great question. And uh, unfortunately, the term microplastic is becoming part of our, our vernacular, our, our, our everyday language. Uh, you know, plastics do not biodegrade. They're here forever, but they do decay. And once untethered plastic enters the environment, it undergoes a process called photodegradation. Photodegradation is when a substance breaks down due to exposure to light. So in the case of plastic, it becomes brittle like, like a cracker and begins to literally break apart into smaller and smaller pieces, almost like crumbs becoming microplastic. So as a result, fish and wildlife are becoming intoxicated. Consequently, the toxins from the plastics have entered the food chain threatening human health. 
You know, last week, my friend shared a video of a manatee chomping on seagrass on the surface of the water right here in Miami. And you could see bottle caps and shreds of plastic floating among the seaweed as my friend desperately tried to snag it with, you know, snag this trash, this plastic with a net before the mammal ingested it. And, you know, these were larger pieces of plastic distinguishable by the naked eye. Imagine micro pieces that you can't even see. It, it's really horrifying. I mean, I wouldn't want to eat raw plastic or cooked plastic for that matter, but it's really out there. And, um, and, it's, and it's now becoming, as I mentioned, it's becoming part of the food chain. Yeah, that is horrifying to think about. The bioaccumulation of plastic pollution in the food chain can cause some serious environmental and health impacts. That really substantiates the need to prevent plastic pollution by not littering and having better waste management practices, but it also really tells us the importance of cleaning up the larger pieces before they become microplastics. So now that we know more about some sources and types of trash and pollution found in the ocean, can you tell us about Philabag and what your organization is doing? Sure, I'd be happy to. Several years ago, probably about five or six years ago, uh, my girlfriend and I would take walks on the beach and we'd bring a bag with us and fill that bag with trash during our strolls just because it was hard to ignore the amount of, of plastic and trash and waste that was on the beach and most of it coming in from the ocean, not just, you know, picnickers who left their, their 12 pack of beer. Um, and so we would, we would take a bag with us every time we went to the beach and we would fill a bag. And afterwards we would take a selfie and share it up on our socials or our chats and not in a way to, to brag or to call attention to ourselves, but really to call attention and bring awareness to this issue that was out there. We started realizing that we weren't alone in this. Uh, other people were out there doing this as well or, uh, or were interested in doing it or were concerned uh, from what they were seeing. So then we thought, what if we could make it easier for anyone to just fill a bag when they go for an ordinary walk? So we had this idea to set up these wooden posts at beaches that hold reusable bags and buckets and empower people to turn an ordinary walk into a meaningful cleanup anytime they went out to the beach. And uh, so, you know, we had this idea for a while and uh, we were really inspired by the, you know, like the dog poop stations where you go and you find a bag and you, you know, pick up after your dog. These stations are everywhere. You know, we thought, what if we could apply that same sort of principle for beach cleanups. So we batted around different ideas of how to do it and the types of bags to use. And we never really got around to launching it until we had a friend who suggested we enter our idea into the Miami Foundation's Public Space Challenge. The Miami Foundation's Public Space Challenge is a grant award type competition that invites people to activate a public space, to, to improve a space for more for others and for the benefit of others. So, you know, create a community garden, uh, build a, a pocket park, light a bike path, uh, or set up a fill -a bag station. So we submitted our idea and we won that competition. Uh, out of 500 entries, we were one of 20 winners. And with that, we received a, a small grant 
initially intended to activate five Filibag stations in the first year. So that first year, we ended up activating 20 Filibag stations. It was uh, very well received. And what we quickly came to discover was that when people participate in this kind of eco-activism, they make connections with their environment and with each other. And that leads to changes in behavior, uh, lifestyle awareness. And so, you know, your thing may not be picking up beach trash. Maybe it's carrying your own reusable water bottle or bringing your bags to the store or refusing single use plastic, but it's something. Uh, so we like to think about beach cleanups or the, and the fill a bag process in, in general as a gateway activity, something that's going to spark something in you in the, in, as, at an individual level uh, to, to bring about change either in your own personal life or in your community. And, you know, we often warn people uh, that this is highly addictive and potentially life-changing behavior. So beware. Beware, uh, you know, there's whether it's therapeutic or whether it's, you know, something that you are able to bond with someone in your family or, you know, whether it's something that leads to other changes and you never, you know, you never do another beach cleanup again, but it leads to another change. You know, you mentioned earlier, how are we how are we fixing the problem by picking up trash? We're not going to pick up all the trash. It, it's a losing battle to 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 believe that you're going to be able to pick up all the trash, especially when you talk about microplastics, trash that you can't even see. You can't, you're not going to be able to pick up. What we discovered was that it's really centered around being a gateway activity, something that's going to lead to awareness and changes in behavior. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced along this journey? Well, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate in a way to have launched this initiative during this moment in time. You can't open your social feeds or the newspaper or watch TV uh, without seeing the increased awareness that there is to the dangers and consequences of pollution and its effects on us and the environment. So, you know, when we first started hosting beach cleanups in 2018, I'd always ask folks, all right, so who's ever been to a beach cleanup? And only five to 10% of the volunteers would raise their hands. Now I ask, who's never been to a beach cleanup? And only five to 10% of the people raise their hands. And of course, that's followed by a hearty welcome and a rousing round of applause. So with that said, you know, our biggest challenge has been time. This road has led us to so many extensions and open our eyes to so many opportunities to expand and collaborate with like-minded individuals that there's just not enough time to explore and follow them all. When we launched Filibag initially, we did it under the MVP model. Are you familiar with the MVP model term? It stands for minimal viable product. We're gonna put something out there and we're gonna see how people interface with it. Something very simple, a wooden post, with buckets at the beachhead. Initially, the Filibag station had very simple instructions that were four stick figure pictures. Number one, a person approaching a Filibag station and grabbing a bucket. Number two, a 
person using the bucket to pick up trash on the beach. Number three, a person dumping the trash into a trash bin. And number four, the person hanging the bucket back up. So you didn't need to read, you didn't need to speak English or read English, it was a universal instruction. So as the Philibag stations began to populate across the state of Florida, uh, we currently have 30 Philibag stations across the state of Florida and one more in Cape Cod. You know, I'm in Key Biscayne, so I can monitor the Philibag stations here or help drive interaction and activity around our own Philibag stations here on Key Biscayne. But the ones that have been Fort Lauderdale or Daytona Beach or Vero or Naples or wherever they else are in Florida, those Philibag stations are activated using the minimal viable product model by that community. That is, they put it up there and they see how the community interacts with it, how they interface with it. And that Philibag station takes on the personality, the characteristics and the resources of the community behind it. So, you know, some of those communities are doing incredible things that we're not doing, and we're doing some great things that they're not doing. But it's something where, uh, you know, people become more vested in it when they, they have skin in the game and they really drive the trajectory uh, of the activation. Are Philibag stations primarily ocean cleanup posts? I live in Colorado, which is a landlocked state, of course, so we have riverbanks and lake beaches, but I would love to have a Philibag station here. Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, a Philibag station can, can be along a river. A Philibag station could be at a park. Philibag station could be at a university. It could be, you know, at your church. It could be, it could be on a trail. It could be anywhere. That is great to hear. I will definitely have to look into getting a Philibag station in my state. So what are some of the greatest accomplishments and milestones that Philibag has reached? Great. Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we started Philibag using the MVP minimal viable product model, put it out there and see how it evolves. So we really had no idea where it would lead us. Uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of jotted down a few things that I think we're really proud of. Uh, in terms of accomplishments and milestones. Uh, the first, we're, we're super proud to have activated over 30 Philibag stations across the state of Florida, including one in Cape Cod. Coming soon, international Philibag stations in Malta, the uh, Gili Islands, and the Philippines. Amazing. How does that happen? But it happened. Um, as an educator, I focused much of my energies towards working with kids and families. Most recently, during the pandemic, during COVID, we partnered with the Key Biscayne Community Foundation. It's a local philanthropic organization. And we launched an initiative called Clean Up Key Biscayne. So it was, you know, the pitch was, have you had it with Zoom meetings and online school? Get your pod together and let's go out for some eco-activism. So basically, we invited, you know, everyone has their pods, uh, their, their pods during the coronavirus, right? People that you kind of hung out with, whether it's your homeschool pod, your friends and family pod, your work pod, your team pod, uh, your social club pod, whatever it was, we would take these pods out to have an eco engagement uh, around sort of the Philibag philosophy. Uh, to date, I think we've done about 25 pod cleanups since September. Uh, every weekend, there's, you know, there's one. So that's been 
really rewarding because all of these engagements are multi-generational uh, in terms of their participants. We have kids and families that are, have decided to create their own cleanup crews. Uh, there's a local group here of, of middle school girls who one day um, we were at the farmer's market and we see a, uh, a coconut that's decorated with trash. It's a little, it's a bunny. They made a bunny out of it. And they were, uh, they were picking up coconuts on the beach and decorating them with trash and making bunnies out of them and selling them at the farmer's market to help raise money for Philabag. We didn't even know who these people were. So obviously we bought the bunny. And the next thing we did, we invited the, the, the girls and their families to, uh, to, come do, to come join us for a cleanup. And I brought buckets for all of them. And you know these girls created their own cleanup crew called the KB Beach Bunnies. So now they put on their own cleanups and not only that, but they do it. It's a family affair. You know, I follow them on Instagram and they go on vacation and they bring their buckets with them, you know, with their family. So it's really incredible. One of these girls, an eighth grader did a science project on the harmful effects of carbon monoxide from the buses, school buses, not only going into the atmosphere, but also being piped back into the bus, getting people sick. And she went to the school district, Miami-Dade County Public School District, the fourth largest school district in the country, and successfully lobbied them to convert their entire bus fleet to electric. How incredible is that? You know, we, we, we're not taking any credit for that, but you know, we're so, so proud and pleased to even know these people and to have played a very small part in their story. Another teenager, she started going to beach cleanups and she raised her hand and she said, you know, how can I get a fillerback station in my town? So we kind of coached her through it. Uh, we, we suggested that she reach out to, you know, certain people in her community. Uh, and she did. We set up a Zoom meeting. We took them through the process of activating a fillerback station. And she brought three fill-a-bag stations to her little beachside community. So now she does cleanups every weekend. She has her own name. She, they call it, she calls herself uh, Sunny Isles Beach Cleanup. So she has her own Instagram and she does weekly cleanups. She's, you know, 16 years old. The first fill-a-bag summer, 2019, before COVID, uh, a high school senior came to us. She was a rising freshman. She was on her way to Harvard and Berkeley College of Music. This is an overachiever, obviously. She was going to go to both schools at the same time. And Harvard invited their rising freshmen to perform a uh, service starts with summer for the rising freshmen to do some kind of a service project before they come to school. So she called us and she's like, hey, I'd love to see if maybe we could do something with Philabag. We met with her and her mom and uh, we brainstormed and put together fab campers, fill a bag campers. So basically she, uh, she brought like five of her buddies in, into, the, into the team and they went to all the local area youth camps and provided, the, which they're all looking for programming in the summer, and they provided uh, soup to nuts beach cleanups for local area youth camps. Really incredible. We have another, uh, another young man who is a high school senior right now, and he, uh, he raised his hand. He's like, I'd like to get involved. How can I get involved? So, you know, one thing that I've, I've re you know, going back to the finding time challenge that we have, 
I've realized that there's so much I'd like to do, but I can't. So we've intentionally expanded our work with high school teens and college students and brought on interns to take the lead on Philabag initiatives uh, or to mentor them and provide them with guidance as they launch their own. So this young man uh, came to me and I said, look, I've been, you know, I've been trying to figure out a way that we can, we can leverage technology to engage further with people who, you know, use the Philabag stations. So one thing led to another and he put together a QR code and we ordered plaques with those QR codes. We drilled them into our posts. Now you can go to a Philabag station, hit the QR code, which by the way, great timing for QR codes with Corona, right? You see them everywhere. And it brings you to, to a link tree and uh, there's different buckets, you know, log your cleanup, uh, ask for community service hours, um, you know, learn more and donate or, or whatever the project is, the link trees are dynamic. So we change the buckets all the time. And term, when I say buckets, the choices, the categories. One of the things that we did early on with Philabag was to offer community service hours to local area youth. And uh, to date, I think we've, we've provided over 500 community service hours. But just since we launched the QR code in late February, I just looked today, we've provided over 70 community service hours for local area youth. And we're just, we just did the QR code on, on a few stations here locally. Uh, but you don't have to wait for community service opportunities anymore if you're, a, if you're a teenager, not just here in Key Biscayne, but anywhere in the world. You can go to our Instagram bio, you could find our link tree, you can go in there, you can do a cleanup, you can request community service hours and we'll send you the certificate. We're not, we're not taking any credit for the, the remarkable kids uh, and, and teenagers and young adults and, and old adults that we work with. Uh, we're, just, um, we're just inspired by them and it just motivates us to continue going forward. And it all comes back to you know, that MVP, minimal viable product. Who knows where it's going to lead us or lead you? You set such an amazing example because you saw a problem, became passionate about it, and found a solution that worked for you and that inspired others. So this just shows that anyone can do really anything to help mitigate environmental issues that they're passionate about. What direction would you like to see fill a bag head towards? Thank you. You know, it's really remarkable, Kylie, that... Um, and I say it all the time, the future is bright. If you go to our Instagram at Philabag, you'll see that um, how, how much work we actually do with, with kids and kids from five years and up. And, you know, the kids, they get it. They, they get it. And when you teach proper habits from the beginning, you don't need to reteach them like you do for us, for adults. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited about, um, about continuing to work with kids uh, and, and young adults. Uh, we're gonna really continue to follow this trajectory in 2021. Uh, one of our goals this year is to formalize the mentorship process uh, that we've begun already. So, you know, to act as sort of an incubator, if you will, for, for kids and for teens who wanna find and tap into their own eco-passion projects. And of course, you know, see where that leads us and where that leads them. If I am interested in eco-activism with a goal to launch an organization like Philabag, 
where should I start? Oh, that was the, that's the easiest answer. Join a local cleanup. It's that simple. What's going to happen at a local cleanup? Well, number one, you're doing something. So, you know, you're not on your computer trying to kind of find something. You just, you do it. Number two, you're going to be around others that are there for maybe the same reason or also, you know, maybe looking for something or already involved in other uh, eco-activism. Number three, you're going to make those connections with your environment, with others and within yourself. And going back to that sort of that gateway activity uh, concept, it, it's going to lead to something. And then from there, you know, who knows where it goes? I mean, look at the KB Beach Bunnies. You know, they, they're a perfect example. And, and like them, you know, all of these, all of these organizations and groups and these eco-activists, eco I wonder how many of them actually started by going to a local cleanup. So after I attend a cleanup or something that aligns with my goals and I began my journey, how can I assure that this organization or my initiative will move forward? What is the next step? Uh, the next step is once you kind of identify where you want your path to go, where you want your path to lead, uh, then you need to look for consensus and support. And, you know, obviously, depending on what it is, what your goals are, it's not too hard to look past your own community and the governing bodies of your community. So is there a sustainability director in your community? Is there a resiliency officer in your community? Is there a community service opportunity in your community? Who are the people that are going to be your champions, who are going to be your uh, your gatekeepers, if you will. And, you know, from there, you follow that MVP model and you think about what it is that you want to do and you put it out there and you learn from it. And, you know, don't try to, don't try to come up with the whole model from the beginning. If I would have been speaking with you two years ago when we won the public space challenge, I could have never imagined that any of these things that have happened would have happened. I, I could never have imagined it. So I, I would advise you to be open-minded, be collaborative, and be engaged. If you had unlimited resources, is there another area in water conservation or environmental conservation that you would advocate for? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, unlimited resources. Wow. Uh, one area that I've kind of seen on, on a peripheral level has been uh, the damage that's happening to our reefs in the ocean. And so it's, it's not really anything that I know a ton about other than, you know, trash, but as far as like, you know, the, the damage that's happening and how the reefs are dying, whether it's through invasive species or whether it's through, you know, chemicals or fertilizers or whether it's through overfishing. Uh, I, I love the ocean, uh, the surface all the way to the bottom. And uh, that's an area where, so if I had unlimited resources, I would probably design the most sustainable boat that you can have, maybe some 
wind powered, solar powered, kind of incredible vessel and just hop aboard and sail around the world. And I would invite all of my friends, uh, existing friends and uh, who I like to call former strangers to come with me and find experts in these areas and, uh, and then just, you know, just sail around the world, uh, continuing to discover and, and act. I love your idea. And if you need an environmental scientist or water quality professional, just let me know. <laughs> well, Kylie, the, we've, we've got a bunk reserved for you on the maiden voyage. So uh, you're, you're in for that, okay? You and the Save the Water team, as many as you want, there's, there's plenty of room for everybody. <laughs> That's perfect. I will definitely relay that to the team. Looking forward to it. And finally, how can we find more information about Philabag? Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad you asked. So we are on Instagram at Philabag. That starts with an F and ends with Illabag. It's pretty easy. One word, Philabag. Uh, please check us out and follow us if it's something that you're interested in, in doing and learning more about and, uh, and seeing all the incredible people that we work with and, and we interact and collaborate with. So please follow us at Philabag on Instagram. Uh, we will also be launching, one of our goals for 2021 is to launch a website. So we have sort of the beginning of it ready to go. It's philabag.co. And uh, you can certainly find us there. Uh, and I answer the DMs on our Instagram. So if anyone wants to reach out and, you know, one of the questions earlier was, how do I get involved? How do I start an initiative? How about you want a Philabag station for your favorite beach? Give us a call. We'll make it happen. There's no cost involved. It's free. It's only, it's only NIPA for you. Remember what NIPA is? Non-income producing activity. So find your NIPA. Manny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Save the Water podcast. You are truly inspirational, and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and everything that you have to offer and telling us more about Philabag. It's been a great time, and thank you so much. All right. Well, you're doing a great job. I appreciate all your professionalism and your interest. Thank you, Kylie. Bye now. Perhaps one of the most important takeaways that I learned when talking with Manny is what ecoactivism really means. Furthermore, what ecoactivism means to the individual. As Manny has said, Philabag is certainly an initiative and an organization surrounding beach cleanup, but it's really so much more than that. Oftentimes, it can seem like a daunting task to make a difference in something that you care about. I know I have felt that pressure before when wanting to have an impact, but not knowing where to start. Manny and Philabag have proven that one small action can have a greater direct or indirect impact. By taking the first step, you never really know where that might lead you. If you have something that you care about, don't be afraid to find like-minded individuals and join together to make a difference. It's also important to remember that not everyone will start an organization or an initiative, but even making small, conscious, everyday choices to limit your environmental impact makes you an eco-activist too.
Each episode, I will bring you one fact about water that has been researched and verified by our education content team here at Save the Water. So, did you know? Mangroves are trees or shrubs that grow in tropical swamp areas. They are natural water filters, protect beaches from tropical storms, provide shelter for coral species that are at risk of extinction from coral bleaching, and can help reduce the impacts of ocean acidification. Mangroves are an extremely vital ecosystem to the ocean and are at risk of being depleted. If you live near an area where mangroves thrive, try looking into ways you can help mitigate negative impact and preserve this precious resource. All of us here at Save the Water would like to thank you for your support and for taking the time to listen. As we continue to navigate through these rough waters, the best thing we can do is to stay educated. One of the ways that you can do that is by going to our website, savethewater.org, where you can find more information, content, and ways that you can contribute or donate to the organization. Please join us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Save the Water. This podcast is created entirely by volunteers hoping to gain sponsorship for the Save the Water organization. So if you find that this podcast was useful and interesting, kindly donate at savethewater.org or on anchor.fm forward slash save the water. Thank you again and stay healthy, safe, and take care of each other. See you next time.